This is Big Man Tyrone, and you're about to watch the MTG Cabal cast with your hosts, Wood, Thirsty, and Reptar. Sub to us on all your podcast networks at MTG Cabal Cast and YouTube. All right, guys, welcome to the newest episode of the Cabal Cast. We're going to keep it short, simple, sweet, actually, this time. Uh, so last couple of weeks have kind of been peppered with announcements of new products, unsanctioned, mystery boosters, mm-hmm. um, collector, deluxe, whatever, thrown stuff. So we're kind of just going to get into the nitty gritty of what that means. New product wise, market space and, you know, how bad the wallet fatigue's getting. Yep. So let's uh, get started, I guess. Yeah. So uh, the first one we had announced last week, I think on uh, one of the official streams was unsanctioned, which is a brand new Unset, which a lot of people believe is the reason Marrow and Gavin Verity were uh, sourcing answers off Twitter for what would you like in a new Unset or what would Commander drafters like. And it basically yeah. comes down to these are just 1v1 decks with some lands. Like, yeah, they're they're pre-constructed. They have like, I think it was five foil and five non-foil lands. Yep. Uh, who knows what ever that means. I guess there are five 30-card decks, so maybe these will yeah. be multiplayer pods if you want to do that for a release event. Uh, this is just Fair. one of those things where you look back in time, and last year we had Uma in December. Like, we sourced these numbers when somebody pointed it out. So Uma yeah. last December, and the December before that was the previous unset. So it looks like, to quote uh, somebody on Twitter, we get airdropped something every winter now. Just yep. out of nowhere. Product. Uh, and if you follow us on Twitter, you notice that I did tweet out that most of the distros at this point had kind of expected it as well. Yeah, something, that, like, yeah. this is just normal now. Mm-hmm. This is not something I expect to really shake up the marketplace in any way, shape, or form. Uh, the, the last unset, and just for the life of me, I can't remember the name of it because I don't care, um, was hot for a couple of weeks. Stable? Unstable? Yes, that's I it. Think. Unstable. Yeah. It was hot for a couple of weeks, and then nobody cared. I went to GP New Jersey, and I'm pretty sure I've told this story before, and it was like the mopiest crowd ever playing that game. Nobody could get a high five from a passerby or a hug or whatever the heck they had to do to actually play their cards. Nobody wanted to join in the game for that, uh, like the turn your deck into a two-headed giant thing. Nobody at that event wanted to do anything with it. Only the people that were there to play that format wanted anything to do with it. And that's the way I think this goes, too. It's just whoever is super into unsets is going to buy into this. And then after that, it's just going to die out a handful of the foils. If there are random foils in here, it's not all preset, will spike to something ridiculous, despite the fact that these cards are playable nowhere but the kitchen table. And then you'll have the lands, if they are full art or vignette, whatever style they choose to do, as long as they're not generic basics those yeah. will be the sought after cards yeah and that's that and so for me this is one of those things where i'd give it until the new year and then i'll buy in on my lands when they drop to like under a dime or under a quarter a piece yeah like the unstable lands i waited a lot longer on because we for whatever reason we just kept ran- like getting partial wave after partial wave after partial wave and nobody cared yeah. but it it's like so i don't know why we kept getting it but it just allow the land prices to just float slowly down and down and down. Yeah. I got my couple hundred. Until eventually it was just like done. Yeah. So. Exactly. And I, that's what I expect here. It, this is a, an interesting product because I don't think I've seen something constructed like this. Discounting the Ixalan Explorers of Ixalan producty thing. 
Yeah. I don't think I've seen a product like this that puts this many decks in one place that wasn't a reprint or meant to be played as something supplemental like the Arch Enemy set with uh, the yeah. five planes, four planes, walkers, and bullets, five walkers, and bullets. But I haven't been yeah. paying attention to this space for a... At, when I first started playing, I wasn't paying attention to stuff like this. So to me, this is kind of a brand new product to see, where you get all the decks in one space. Well, it's it's similar to Game Night, which is interesting, because we also had that announced like two days ago. Yeah, the five So promos. they kind of occupy the same space, but... Uh, unappeals to a different portion of the casual crowd i think oh, yeah. un is like the more accessible one mm -hmm. uh it's you know your apples to apples release basically yeah um and you've got game night as your more traditional type thing mm -hmm. so i th that's basically where you're looking as far as i'm concerned yeah uh but We'll see. Yeah, I don't think Wall of Fatigue hits this product because the people that are going to buy it are the unhomers anyway. They'll buy it regardless. It's yep. just it's just a product meant for everybody, much like the Arch Enemy stuff, etc. And I think this yep. is a fine product to slate for the winter. I just think it's too soon. Like people were clamoring for Unhinged because it had yep. been over a decade. Yeah, we're talking two years now. You really need another unset, like. Unless it's all going to be rocket power turbo slugs, the game, I don't really care. Yeah, exactly. It's it's just not worth it. And like yeah. you said, that that was kind of the appeal of Unstable was that like it had been so long at that point that people actually wanted it. Mm -hmm. And now it's been two years. The novelty's kind of like it hasn't really worn off yet because uh, we've you know since Unstable we've had Game Night dropped on us. We've had another Arch Enemy or whatever. Like there's been such an emphasis on these like casual multiplayer products. Yeah that it's just not as special. Correct. And I just, I'm not sure how popular this is going to be, like you said, is a sealed. Obviously, the lands, if they exist, sure, yeah. it'll be insane. But other than that, I, you know, I like you said, I don't think Wallet Fatigue hits it because it doesn't appeal to the people that are buying a case of every set. Yep. This is your kitchen table player, and that's it. I think this does a lot more for Watsi with the design space of an unset because they don't have to care about a draft format now, so they don't have yeah. to worry about people just buying boxes to play at home and busting them, or just uh, collectors hoarding boxes to bust over time, or some guys in Europe just buying up 75%-ish of the stock yeah. to bust for lands and resell. When it's all bundled like this, it's a little harder to deal with, especially if all the decks are preset and it's all the same cards. If nobody really cares about those decks, they all only care about the lands, that might change things. But this is going to be a very specific product for a very specific group, and is, to me, probably a better way of selling this product overall. Yeah. Like, my LGS was like, okay selling or have, running on events for a weekend. They weren't terribly thrilled about it because it doesn't bring a lot of people out. But if they could just hand over five decks in a box to somebody and be done with that transaction, yeah. they'd probably be a lot happier because they can continue to run standard and draft FNMs instead. And then yeah. game nights or game days, whatever it is on Saturdays, they don't have to like handbrake 180 into un. You also yeah. don't have to deal with all the random rules bullshit tell you that Which right is now the worst part or uh, of the whole thing the random extras like uh if yeah. you're eating this thing gets that or if your shoes are on the table this thing does this or you can you can destroy a permanent in the game you can see over in the corner like it it's a nightmare for yeah uh, an flgs and judges but 
easy product to pass on uh, if you care about nothing else but the lands. Just wait until yeah. people bust it. Uh, agreed. There was another product announcement, but I don't want to call it a product because the information that we have... It's a mystery. Yeah. Overall, this is just a mystery package that says it's going to be ha coming at conventions. And the... Marrow says it's draftable. The first limited event is going to be Magic Fest, GP, whatever Richmond. Richmond is. Um, it, no, uh, isn't... We get information at Magic Fest Richmond. Yeah. But I think the first event m might be the Pro Tour at Richmond. Yeah, I think, I think you're right. Uh, but uh, regardless... Your limited fanatic package does not qualify you for these events. You will still have to pay $75 to get in. Yeah, that, that was a little bit of back and forth between some people in CFB to figure out exactly how these events were going to work. And so that was kind yeah. of interesting this morning or yesterday to read. Uh, but the information that we have, the little bit of inside baseball about this, is that this is going to be a Chaos Draft replacement at Magic Fests. Yeah. Previously, Chaos Drafts had basically been whatever's in print and standard for the last 18 months and then whatever CFB had kicking around or whatever regional uh, coordinator had for product on site. So if you're going for a Pez event, those guys have all the way back into Urza and like, yeah, sure, whatever. You could buy the packs to bring into yourself, but or bring in yourself. But we've also heard that this set might have close to a thousand cards in it. And with that, there would be no spoilers and no previews. So you're not looking at a set that's really going to be going to make it out anywhere. This is just going to be kind of a filler set for draft. Well, what's in it? We don't know. Obviously, it's not going to be RL stuff, but we could look at cards that are valuable based on scarcity. So if the information that we have is correct, one could say that you're going to see a handful of, like, portal cards reprinted in this stuff because a lot of those named cards are very hard to reprint or the effects of uh, what is, I can never remember the name of the ramp cheetah that thing costs too much for what it is oh the zodiac one no it's just yeah. it's like a 2-2 two, two for 3 that also rampant growths or two oh god it was, yeah I yeah I know what you're talking about like yeah. that or uh, recruiter or Zhaohe Dun there's a, not a lot of places to put Zen these fetches. cards yeah. Zen fetches. You could put those in there. At a thousand cards a piece, you might open one of everything through an entire Magic Fest. And if Chaos Traps are as popular as we're led to believe that a specific product is going to be created so people can really enjoy this format and it becomes robust, then you're going to see a lot more packs open, but it's still not going to do a lot to finance. That's the other interesting no. thing. Based on the information we have, we're not going to see this do a lot. Even if the packs do live for two years, which is the upper bounds of what we heard. Somewhere between one yeah. and two, at which point they rotate through. What we also don't know was what borders and what set symbols these cards are going to use. One would assume everything would be updated because it's just easier to, to push through the R files. Print it out that way, yeah. yeah. Because it's not like they're going to, to crack Watsy backstock for this. They save that for beta drafts, you know? Yeah. So, this... There's a lot of information we don't have if we are correct, and if we aren't correct, then it's still most likely going to be a Chaos Draft product, but we just don't know what's inside yet. Yeah. I like to believe that the information we have is correct because it opens up the widest amount of possibilities with the least amount of impact financially for us on the outside, but it makes a much more entertaining experience within the Magic Fest for players. Yeah. You know, if you have, to build, if you have, if you have the ability to open up anything all the way back 
to fourth. You're going to get some interesting things thrown in that set. And you're going to see some interesting plays. It's going to be a fun time. And this yeah. could be a yet another step in the direction of improving the Magic Fest appeal and creating this larger-than-life experience for people that aren't playing in the main when you have yeah. stuff like this. And it it's great because this applies to more than just the chaos drafters out there. There are going to be people who haven't seen these cards that might want to try and draft with them. You know, if it's going to be an all-over experience. It's kind of like cubing, essentially. This could be the quote-unquote cube draft yeah. product that's what yeah, Gavin, Ver Gavin Verhey was polling for. You know? But what the one thing that we have seen is that these, bo these boosters only say convention edition. Yeah. There was some early artwork that did not have that on it. Like there's a photo of an individual holding a collector's booster, or sorry, mystery booster uh, in their hands. And it doesn't say convention edition. But the information that we've heard is that these will only be conventions, and you'll be hawked by judges while you open these things to ensure they don't get out. And they will yeah. not be on the prize wall. Yeah. I mean, it's. I'm a little skeptical about what it's going to do. I mean, obviously, it's not going to be reserve list, like you said. I think the problem is that when they have carefully curated lists in the past, uh, I'm looking at you promo packs, it's been trash. Uh, and, like, I want to believe in this product. I want it to be good. I oh, want yeah. it to have an impact. But, you know, it, especially if this stuff isn't getting out, it's going to be hard because, like, first off, how are they not going to let this stuff get out? Because, like, you walk away from the table at the end of the event. It's not like they're collecting the cards back from you. It'll oh, I just meant the sealed. To see, like, like, so you couldn't resell a sealed booster. Be, like, almost rankered elf level spoilers. Yeah. Like, the first event's going to hit, and it's going to be similar to Hascon, right? Where they were, like, just random photos of cards from Ultimate Master yep. just pop up. And I think it's going to be one of those releases where you have to be very flexible as the spoilers are coming out in order to stay on top of things and be able to react correctly. Oh, absolutely, just, yeah. You know, unless unless there's a wholesale on this, like, I mean, it'll have an impact on the singles market for sure. I just don't know that I care to speculate too much, similar to you, until, yeah. you know, we know what's there. Exactly. The one thing I would like to see, though, if this product is as we've heard, meant for Magic Fest, it's meant for Chaos Drafting, This that this is step one, and I don't mean step one of many for Magic Fest. I assume if this product yeah. is successful, then they will iterate on Magic Fest, but what I want to see is now a step taken for LGS and, collect, and Convention Edition pulled off these packs and offered up to LGSs as a supplemental that they could buy whenever they want from Distro, if they can support it. Yeah. But it's hard because if you don't want these getting out to the hands of collectors or people who do mass bo uh, box openings, non-vendors, like just private personnel, that yeah, that's going to happen the moment you can let that go to distro. So you basically have to kind of give up that ideal at some point. Maybe it's six months in, maybe it's a, a year. When they retire the first run of Mystery Boosters, then they can go to distro for play at the LGS level and then Edition 2 comes out. Yeah, it's going to take a long time to curate that list, and I assume they. I mean, to me, it just sounds like this is the kind of thing you could put your cube generators on. Well, like yeah. Paul Chion, who made uh, the Vintage, the Legacy Cube last year. Um, but Adam Prozac, I think, did it at one point in time as well. Like there are a lot of people yeah. that pride themselves on those cubes for Moto. 
So I assume if you basically throw this up there, there are a lot of people that will want to jump on it, especially as an iterable, a yearly iterable, or buy or yeah, buy yearly every two years, an iterable every two yeah. years, whatever that is. Yeah, that one for people, and and it just seems like an interesting avenue. I yeah. Uh, what do we have? November eighth, so we have a little under a month before we find out what these things are. So, yeah, hopefully. Uh, um, who knows? We did. It, I will say I am impressed that they got it out this early instead of just <laughs> dropping it like they did Ultimate Masters, where they were like a month out. Hey, this is when the pre-release is. Oh yeah, yeah. For all this stuff, but yeah. One of the interesting things is we're seeing here is between. Everything that's come out this year, all the various ways you can procure cards from Throne of Eldraine and their various editions, this unstuff coming out, and what looks to be the the MF-only boosters, do you think that Watsi is beginning to spread themselves too thin in terms of product lines within the Magic category? I don't think anything they've done for the last eight months has been good. <laughs> I'll give you that. Obviously, I'm wrong because, you know, they're reporting insane sales, blah, mm -hmm. blah, blah. You know, vintage is dying. Legacy is dying. Modern is getting dumpstered by three mana planeswalkers. Uh, you know, I, it's all good. And, uh, God. I want to say they're spreading themselves too thin. Mm -hmm. I do. I don't think they are because they have lucked into like they went for the casuals Yep. they targeted this product exactly where they needed to because this product coming out around the holidays but you know especially the unsanctioned uh, them saying like and game night as well these are things that oh little Timmy likes playing magic I can go pick these up and it doesn't matter Yep. it's not a traditional set and I think that's actually what they need to do. I th they need to release these like Christmas type items around this time of year to prevent wallet fatigue from getting worse than it already is. That's actually a really important point of view because I was thinking about us back as you were saying it. Previously, we've had holiday boxes, the yeah. uh, deck builders toolkits, and then just packs. Yeah. There's never been something for an individual who knows nothing about the game to really purchase that's unique to a player or to yeah. somebody within their family. And so I think that's actually a really unique perspective you just gave. And I think people need to keep that in mind when they think about this. And that's, you know, again, as much as I would love to say they're spreading themselves too thin, like I said, I, I think because they are going for that mm -hmm. unique holiday package that Grandma can go and get. Yep. Because they just know, oh, he likes magic. She likes magic. Let's do it and get, get them something. Mm -hmm. That's what they'll do. And I, I think that's... They nailed exactly what they needed to with this product. I, I you know, I, I feel you on that. The, the more that we had this year, the more I thought Watsi was not muddying the waters, but diluting things. Real bad. Especially for older players that wanted to play formats like modern and older. There was a ton of product that you needed to come that you needed to keep up with because there were usable cards in almost every one of the Ravnica sets for older formats on top of Modern Horizons, on top of Throne. Yeah. And now when you look at players in those in older formats, they're going, they might be targeting some of the more pimp-ish from Eldraine, and now you have ridiculous numbers on cards because nobody knows where the ceiling is and nobody knows where the floor is yet. It's dumb. 
but the one where I think they started to dilute because it seems like a whale only product is really the collector's edition stuff. And yeah, where I'm of two minds is it might not just be the collector's box. It might be that's the the even bigger thing that has like 16 packs, the arena codes. Uh, we referenced it last week. I can't remember the name of it. There's like the super the, bundle, basically. like deluxe box or whatever. Yeah, yeah that one. Like, I thought the collector's edition might be just for the whales only, because yeah. what else are you going to do with those besides hoard them? Well, crack them. And if you're yeah. hoarding them, you're probably not hoarding one. You're hoarding many, and at that point, you are a collector or a speculator. You're not an, ind- you're not a, an individual or a whale. A whale isn't going to sit on that stuff. Yeah, exactly. Right. And there, it's not mutually exclusive. You will have collector whales, 100%. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Definitely. But you're... Um, your whales are just going to keep buying into your product to keep using your product and play your product. So the more I thought about it, the more I think that that like super bundle that uh, the professor spoke up about as being like absolute garbo yeah. was where I would draw the line on spreading themselves too thin. I think yeah. it might have just been that one product that really at the at the end of the year just kind of pushes things over and because it had such a very straightforward target. Mm-hmm. Wh- like whales only everything else was meant for players this thing was meant for whales Yeah. and to me once I saw that and I could recognize that then I thought that's where things kind of went off the rails a little bit I also do believe that a lot of what happened with Throne of Eldraine in regards to the many ways you could pick up a card is experimentation for Theros so a lot of this is going to smooth itself out but what will happen is we'll see higher ratios on cards from Theros moving forward when there are going to be showcases, etc., than we're seeing in Eldraine. And so that's yeah. going to change the way this looks a little bit. We might still get the same amount of product overall, but it might not feel like Watsy's spreading the value and spreading themselves too thin. If we have another year where they put out you know, three sets for standard, one for modern or an older format, a commander set, uh, brawl decks for every set, then I think they spread themselves too thin. Yeah. If they keep some of the unique supplementals down to one a year, maybe two, I think they're Jeez. they might reach their upper plateau. You don't I don't know if you need a brawl deck for every set, and if you do decide to do that, then you might not need unique cards for everything. Yeah. Like, cool, you can get Chulane only in Brawl decks. Or yep. uh no, showcase or whatever, you can get Chulane that way too. Uh no, the collector's packs can have Chulane. Oh yeah, the collector's right. packs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hootie hoo. But you don't need that for every set. That's where I think you start to really spread yourself too thin. You, you you dilute things. Yeah. It's just interesting that despite the fact that they just pump all this stuff out, they keep making money. People keep buying this as if they expect it to stop. Like one day they won't have to keep buying this stuff because Watsy's just going to stop making it. As no. long as it sells, they'll keep milking that cash cow. Yeah, in one, in one way, shape, or form. You know, masterpieces into inventions, into invocations, into box, into the box toppers, into mythic editions, into the showcase stuff. They're going to figure out a way to do it every year, starting with Battle for Zendikar Forward. It's going yeah. to be at least one way to make infinite money off of people every year. Yeah, but, and I, it's it works clearly, yeah. even though they're not masterpieces and they're not mythic edition. No. Don't call them that. And it could be due to an aging player base as well. We don't have that data. If the yeah. player base is getting older and picking up real jobs, and they have more. Uh, supplemental income that they could throw at this game. You know, more money to just throw away and yeah, piss away on the 
hardest to find non-foil mythics ever printed. The rarest non-foil mythics ever printed in this set. Or in yeah. the collector's edition, I should say. Like, the numbers on this stuff is ridiculous, but that's irrelevant to the pre to the conversations that we've been having. Fair. You know, it's an, been an interesting year for Watsi, and I really thought we were kind of done with this the year that they dropped A25. Yeah. I thought that was the last year we would get a lot of just pro unique products in a year, not reprint stuff. Like the Arch Enemy and the Commander 2 Electric Boogaloo was just pure reprint. Not everybody needed it. Some of the stuff was interesting because it was foil for the first time, what have you. But yeah, it wasn't. But other than that, it was just. It felt very more of the same. Yeah, and it wasn't all unique like it was this year. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Coupled yeah, with I... the arena pushes for uh, Battle Cat, etc., all the little microtransactions now in Arena. Historic everything else, yeah. Yeah. I don't even know when that format starts yet. I just hear p people murmuring about it, like they're actually going to buy into it. Yeah, I don't know if it started or not. So <laughs> I want to say it's supposed to be December, if not in January, but... Yeah. I don't know. Either way, it's been an interesting ride this year, and I assume next year will be no different. Yeah. But, is there anything else you wanted to cover about uh, these two new products? No, I think we pretty much covered it all. Um, there's not a whole lot there. I'm kind of interested to hear more about what's going on with mystery boosters, but, yeah. I mean, who knows? No. We'll we'll cover that when the time comes. Yeah, and we we finally did get the uh, event list for the coming year for the players' championships and uh, magic fests for the coming year. CFB is hosting everything again, which is nice because yeah. that keeps the experience the same throughout. Consistent. Yeah. Yeah. Huh. Um, that's so. interesting omissions. There's no Dallas. There's no Pittsburgh. Yep. Uh, there is a New running... Jersey. Yeah, there is a Jersey, oh. and it's limited. And there is a Providence, so they didn't completely give up on the Northeast. They just narrowed it down to those two, finally. Yeah. Um, also interesting that, you know, we have the first half of Star City. Uh, and the Star City circuit is focusing much more heavily on the Midwest. Yes. They've got uh, Cincinnati, Knoxville, Indianapolis, Columbus, uh, Nashville, and either Memphis or Louisville. They've got six in the first half of the year, which is usually about how many they do throughout the whole year. I would assume so. uh, Louisville, because the turnout there, regardless of whether it's a Magic Fest or an SCG, is generally pretty decent. Yeah, it's always been incredibly good for yeah. them. Like, Watsy likes going to Knoxville because it's kind of a tourist destination, but Louisville isn't that far off in regards to a, uh, yeah. attendance. Like, people aren't going to go to aren't going to take a three-day or four-day vacation to Louisville like they would... Uh, Knoxville, but they Knoxville, yeah. But players still come out for those events, so. Ah, eh. uh, yeah. Looks like, uh, not Memphis, Louisville, Cincy, uh, Indianapolis, Knoxville, Columbus, and then some people consider Atlanta a Midwest GP because it's drivable for Midwest people. Yeah, it's not in the Midwest. As someone in the Midwest, Atlanta they, is not in the Midwest. Sorry, no. guys. They also moved uh, the Tampa GP down to Key West. Yeah, which was interesting, and they got rid of Denver right yeah Denver's and gone. added reno in the first half of the year so there's a reno and a vegas oh that's interesting yeah huh and the there's still a phoenix on there yeah there's yeah. still a phoenix and it's really early this year yeah um it's it seems like in the winter they tried to stick to like phoenix reno uh austin obviously you have jersey which is going to be miserable um and then you don't have another like 
non-warm weather site GP until you mm. hit Detroit in March when it should be starting to warm up. Yeah, it's interesting how they kind of did that. They're sticking to the West Coast when the when the majority of the people want to be warm. So can, yeah. hopefully they'll get, I guess, hoping they'll get people to fly. Or they uh, worked with uh, Star City to try and figure out what was going on with them and then decided to say, okay, if you guys are going to take the East Coast in the mid, we'll go to the West. Yeah, we won't head compete. out to the other side. Yeah, especially now that you can come into the players tour from the star city circuit yeah uh and there's also hartford so there's a connecticut mm-hmm. event again yeah of course yeah. in december which is probably also going to be miserable yeah say la vie <laughs> yeah uh, and it it does seem like though i not saying like i i have zero information on this but uh the fact that we have a louisville and a columbus as and a memphis mm-hmm as like the only true Midwest GPs and they're spread out towards the end of the year. Like we have Blueville in March and mm-hmm. then it's August and November. So trying to, it seems almost like they're leaving part of the Midwest and leaving that first star city, which is kind of interesting. Yeah. That's, it's, it's, it's definitely something to chew on, but I don't know how much it means in regards to, to players yeah. and stuff like that. Like, it's also you got to figure summer is still the vacation months so anybody with a family is most likely going to be gone so yeah pick and choose where you want to be it's one of the reasons why i think detroit was abysmal aside from core 2020 yeah that was a bad event for everyone oh well yeah now it's in march which might not be any better but it won't be the core set it'll be the uh theros no i thought theros was january oh yeah no yeah uh, it is it'll be uh ecoria Yeah. 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 So that'll be. In- it might be sealed, but we. Don't- but that'll at least be the set right before it. I'm hoping they put modern back in Detroit because that's always seemed to pull better than anything else. But yeah. We'll see. Yeah. Give us we- more legacy GPS, please. Oh, yeah. Okay. <laughs> the barrier to entry on that isn't ridiculous. Yeah, I know. But people travel for it. Yes, they do. And non-legacy G- well, non-GP legacy events people travel for. Yeah. Uh, Alright, so before we head out, picks. Yes. So, I'll take this one. So, uh, my pick that's been kind of ruminating in our Discord is uh, Seasons Fast. So, the, the hot card from Shadows of Shadows of Innistrad Standard, one of the uh, best regrowth cards I've ever seen, slots into any green deck. Uh, more often than not, you're generally doing something silly with, like, Gitrog Monster or... Uh, Marion of Clan, Neltoff. The card right yeah. now is just about two dollars. There's That's... for and I'll, I'll bring up EDH Rec real quick. Uh, for what for what this does and uh, the amount of decks that, I, if I remember correctly, are playing it. This is a mythic that is worth much more than two dollars. Yep. So this doesn't look like a lot now, but remember, oops, that is a terrible looking site. Uh, there we go. So it's in about 5% of the 136 decks that are currently listed on EDH Rec. It is not one of the top played green cards uh, this week if you go take a look at it, but it definitely is one of the recurring cards when you start taking a look at generals that interact with the graveyard, which is generally something we're starting to see a lot, uh, Wazi do a lot more with their own products. So this is a card that just kind of gets pushed by the wayside. Yeah. It is an engine into itself. Uh, it is uh, a card that with Demonic Tutor just loops every turn. 
you could play this in Sultai and take every turn if you want in a row. Yep. And it is basically just pure degeneracy. Uh, if I believe correctly, Dem Protector got up close to it. Eternal Witness eclipsed it uh, before yep. both those were, re were reprinted into the ground. Uh, with the reprinting of Regrowth, I believe it, that is still cheaper. But this is one of the best long game reanimate. Uh, regrowth spells and effects you will see and if you aren't playing it you should if you don't own it why not it's a two dollar mythic it is poised to hit five over time it's i'll never say that it shouldn't hit 10 but if they refuse to print something like this in their commander decks over time you will see this go up yeah it's not going to be a card like paradox engine where it just all of a sudden pops because everybody's playing it. This is a card that does have a pedigree behind it. As yeah. you saw in the price graph, it dropped off very hard in the last couple of months. It's only coming down, which means that we should hit the floor soon. Maybe about a buck fifty, and then at that point, if you haven't bought in, it's probably the best time. You should see pretty yeah. easy returns on this. Uh, I just want to check one last thing on this. What is the buy price? It is currently being bought at CK for a dollar forty, a dollar eighty-two in credit. That is a thirty-cent spread between good. TCG uh, average and an immediate return on uh, investment to Card Kingdom. So these being extremely yeah. close should tell you that there is going to be momentum here at some point, and you're going to be better off getting in sooner than later. Especially if this is the card you want to play. Yeah. I I think it just kind of sails under the radar because it's not regrowth, it's not eternal witness, it's not den protector. It's mm -hmm. uh, a mythic from a standard set that just kind of got made people real salty, and a lot of people might be a little too shy to play because of what it can do and how yeah. powerful it is. So that's me. Yeah, thinking. it's it's one that uh, it's always come up in every conversation about a green EDH deck. The effect is incredibly powerful, and it like. The CEDH tables cards a house. It's basically Adnaz for green, mm -hmm. um, and I think it's it's good that it's finally starting to get to where, you know, other EDH playgroups are starting to recognize it. It's also the type of thing that like they can't really reprint this outside of a commander set. I mean, I guess they could, but they don't seem to want formats where this card is good anymore. It the problem with this card is. Not the shuffling of the effect back into the deck when you play X4. It's the oddness or the oddity surrounding what you can bring back in CMCs. Yes. Remember. So it creates very interesting and confusing stacking situations for your graveyard and what you can and can't bring back and creates a little too much confusion at the standard rel that is FMs and uh, game yeah. days. So. so I think you're absolutely right, and this is a supplemental product only. Yeah. Uh, it's it, it's a good one. I like it. Uh, you know, I'm always a sucker for a good EDH pick, so I'm there. Uh, my pick is actually, so this week I was at Star City Indie, uh, was at Legacy Thursday night at a local shop out there called Game Time. I recommend you all check it out if you're ever there. And after seeing it, like, pop up in the St. Louis meta a lot, and I kind of just wrote it off as, like, the local meta being the local meta, uh, there were two people there playing Karn Forge in Legacy. Now, as everyone knows, Karn was restricted in Vintage along with Forge because the deck is stupid. Uh, turns out in Legacy, the deck is 
still stupid. And it's been popping up in some 5.0 lists, mm -hmm. and I think that this is the type of thing that as we approach Eternal Weekend, Karn the Great Creator could very easily go from a low of about 650 to maybe around 10. Yeah. Uh, to 15 if things really take off and all of a sudden we have a run on Legacy. It's been flat but, for way too long. Especially, you know, even just EDH. Mm -hmm. This is an insanely powerful card. I think, hopefully, Wizards has learned that asymmetrical static planeswalkers are garbage design, and they should never do it again. Agreed. They probably won't, and that's fine. But uh, this card is, I just think, primed for a decent run in the short term, and I think that long term, this is easily a 15 to $20 card. Uh, in a year or so, once EDH gets a hold of it and you start seeing brews go around that. Uh, I just think that, especially in the run-up to Eternal Weekend, the Karn Forge deck is something I expect to see make a splash. And that's the type of thing that might not stick, because Legacy, unfortunately, just isn't a popular format. But, if it happens, we could see what happened when the lands list that ran Sylvan Library for the first time top aided. And all of a sudden, Sylvan Library overnight goes from a ten to fifteen dollar card to thirty. Yep. Because all of a sudden, people remember that oh, this is an absurd card advantage engine, and I should run this. Oh. Uh, it's also something that's been making splashes in modern. Uh, a couple of the sponsored players for the shop I was working at were running a list that runs Karn. Yep. Uh, and just trying it out because not only is it good in Affinity and like with Mycosynth combo, uh, if as everyone assumes, something out of Wurza gets banned. This card's not terrible with Emery, so we may have some legs there as well. Yeah. Now, I just want to check on something. Correct me if I'm wrong. March of the Machines with Karn is also a pseudo lock. It do no, sorry, it doesn't get lands. Never mind. Yeah, it doesn't get lands the way that Lattice does, but it gets everything else, which is still more or less fine uh, because. Oh no, March of the Machines is each non-creature artifact is an artifact creature. Um, but yeah, I yeah, so I think it has potential. Uh, and especially if Eternal Weekend it does do things, I think it takes off a little bit more. I, I think so too. I don't think this is a card that really dips that low uh, from mm -hmm. where it is now at about that $6 mark unless it just has, does absolutely nothing heading into rotation for War of the Spark. At which yeah. point it'll probably drop down to somewhere between 3 and 5. I think that's yeah. the lowest it'll ever go. But this is a card that if you're a dedicated Urzatron player, and maybe even Eldrazi Tron in Modern, you have, yeah. or you should have, four of this card and Lattice. Because at any point in time, that might become the build again. Yeah. Or if you play Artifacts in Legacy, if you're a Mud player, whether you are uh, like Metalworker Combo, or you are yeah. uh, playing Forge, this is the card you need. As an EDH player playing mono brown, this is for you. As a non mono brown player, this is. But you like to play stacks, white, blue, red. This is for you. Yeah. This is a card for the people. And I think over time, this this could be a sneaky card that drops low and then comes back up yeah. to ten or fifteen in a year, maybe two's time, if it doesn't see immediate play. Coming out of Eternal Weekend is a different story, and I can't really uh, hedge on that because we do have the the BNR upcoming before Eternal Weekend, so I don't know if anything happens. Uh, Esports said no changes to Vintage 
they didn't say anything about legacy so that yeah. that is worth noting for anyone watching is that we could as you said have some type of like change here for legacy mm -hmm. so and the the one format that i don't keep an eye on is oathbreaker and i don't think karn really fits into oathbreaker but Recurring Nightmare was just unbanned there, yes. so expect that to start moving. Yeah, so I do pay attention to announcements like that, but I don't pay attention to decks in the format. It seems like yeah. you're kind of shooting yourself in the, in the foot if you want to play Karn, because you go to Incident or Sorcery, so you're like, all is dust, maybe? I don't know. But Sounds terrible. Every format he's playable in, he has immediate implications in, because of the mm. lattice combo right now, uh, the way he yeah. he works with liquid metal coating, and I'm sure I'm sure there are some other things out there that people just haven't mucked around with because there are some other you know top tier things ahead of it, some better yeah. meta calls in front of it. But this is a card that should always have ramifications at any format it's legal in, and at any point in time could jump past ten. Oh yeah. So I, I think this is this is a good card now. I think it's going to be a good card later. Uh, like I said. Karn has been flat for about three months now, and I don't yeah. see it dropping any lower until rotation. So whether you buy in now or next September when War rotates, you're most likely going to be spending $6 on this card. If it pops between now and then, you're going to be spending 10 plus on this card. Yep. And I think it's just a snap pickup if you don't own them, but think you're going to be playing them. Yeah. So. I just it, it seems just too good uh for it to sit at six or seven for a while yeah i was actually honestly impressed uh, about the price of karn the great creator and karn scion of urza yeah like, that one is also wicked cheap for what it does but it's kind of been outclassed yeah well it, it was interesting because you know it released and everyone was like man this card is insane and then we had asymmetrical planeswalkers and everyone was like jk yeah, yeah. sorry we yeah. lied we found a, a better thing to be doing with four mana yeah peace yeah. Ugh. But I think we're good for this week. Mm -hmm. right? uh, next week is our anniversary episode, and we are still collating our topics. I'm probably going to reach out again to see if we can get any more interesting suggestions. Yeah. We'll, we'll take care of that. And we are still taking entrance for our Uma Box giveaway, which it, all of that requires is you to sign up for our patron. At our Patreon, rather. Uh, at any level, you are entered into the raffle and once we hit 100 patrons we will be raffling off that uma box so yep it's as little as a dollar it do is. it and you can find us on twitter at mtg cabalcast on facebook at mtg cabalcast i we do not have a channel officially yet on youtube we still have a scrambled name but we post there yes <laughs> it's there guys i it promise is. and you can find me on twitter at halt i am reptar we can find you uh, at thirsty sizzler and we will see you guys next week See ya.